Invite My Talkers. It's the first hour of Lori and Julia. It is Thirsty Thursday, so if you're at home, crack open some wine, maybe. If you're driving, have a Coke. But enjoy this time with us. It's hour one of Lori and Julia. Thanks, Grant. Here Day we four are. Of Grant. Huh? Day four with Grant. Day four. What do you think of Grant? I'm you, loving you it. You came back every day so far, so that's good. Yes, yes. I'm learning I'm learning a lot as we go along, and it's been a lot of fun, and there's a lot more to learn, and as, as we go on, it's going to get a lot better. Is so. there a lot more to learn? I don't, I don't know. know that there is. No, We're just good. just learning about you guys. Like, you know, I got to get to know your flow, get to know what you guys like, oh, so I feel more comfortable, like, talking with you, you guys. You better get your running shoes on there. <laughs> <laughs> You just, you're fine. You're oh, good. You. Whatever you want to say, say it. All right. But, <laughs> I've got something to say. So, this um, is shocking. This is shocking. <laughs> I know. So, um, we had a client in today for a meeting. And, uh, Grant, you know that glass encased conference room that's right yes. off the main lobby? Got the Emmy in it there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah the beautiful Emmy. And, um, Maybe maybe a few weeks ago, we had another client meeting. And as per usual, Julia is like telling me something, lightly scolding me, whatever she's telling me about the business at hand that we're going to do. Because I probably haven't read the email. Anything. Right. Blah, I've blah, printed blah. off the documents. I've prepared <laughs> yes. for the meeting and I'm just informing her on the yes. walk over what her role is. And I'm just I'm just relaxed and you know, just you know in her hobo chic. Yeah, I'm a just like a boho hobo oh. today. <laughs> and um and we were doing a video and so she's like <laughs> and goes to go in the conference room, but it's not the door, it's the glass oh. and walked smack into it <laughs> for the second client meeting second in, like, second in a month. In a month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, bam. Oh, did you have a little greasy stain? Not that you are greasy, oh, I'm sure but with the forehead. La- I didn't stain. even like, I just Your laughed. Your nose and forehead hysterically hit the glass. that I, the door, first of all, is in the wrong spot. It, the door in that conference room is on the wrong spot, but I literally turned to go in, ready to go in. Hi! Hi. Bam! Bam! Well, there's that little, like, excess wall right before the door, I'm it guessing, is. is what she hit. Yes, yes. And it's, it doesn't belong they, there. They need to put a camera there. You're not and, the only and, person and to capture all the times. You know what? That would be hysterical if they had a camera <laughs> there and play it back at the Christmas party. Yes. How many times? Because I'm you sure... You've been captured already twice. Yeah. You haven't learned your lesson. No. And I'm and I'll forget again by the next time because yes, I will be will. barking orders at you about what we're supposed to do. Should yes. We, should we get some of those little stickers of like birds that we can put on there so yeah. you can tell that there's yeah. actually like a screen there's door? There's glass. I don't even <laughs> know that I'd look because I was telling Lori because we were shooting two videos with AARP today and the gentleman will Phillips from AARP, he's, it's our first time meeting him face-to-face. We've met him on Zoom and stuff and talked to him on the airs. And so we're going to meet him. And his first thing of me is, boom. <laughs> and the receptionist just, was laughing hey, so hard. It's an icebreaker for sure. You, it's you, perfect <laughs> icebreaker. I have no battle scars, though, to mention. It, it, it certainly broke the ice. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and, then, and then we're shooting these videos, and we have to remember lines and stuff, and we're horrible. So every other word out of my mouth is a swear word. Mm. It's like, this is, this, this, we should do outtakes. This is pretty good. I'm like, poor guy. And I'm wooden on camera. Yes. I'm wooden. I'm a wooden. But wooden. I said to Will, I said, Will, if you ever see me on the big screen or the small screen, I've slept with the director. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only reason I would be cast. 
Because I am not good. She isn't. I'm not good on camera. I kind of freeze. I get Ramona eyes. You really? Just give me the you Ramona know what? glasses. I'm going to bring those in because I have them at home. I'm going to yeah. bring those in. Because whenever Ramona's on camera and she knows that another camera's looking at her, she always gets his I think that's me. The I just get kind of wooden. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 19 years in broadcasting and a camera still gets you shaken up a little bit. Oh, huh? well, we were. This is we were just we're on radio for a reason. <laughs> oh, no. no, you guys have been I on the mean, red carpet. You no, guys have done I all know, kinds of things. And I think I was on television yesterday with Elizabeth Reese. I, in if fact, I know I was. thought, tell us. But I would it, love to it know. It was the coffee chat with Elizabeth Reese on Twin Cities oh, Live. replay. Nice. Did you hear anything about it? Uh, well, I mean, she said she was going to send it to um, you Hannah, know, social media right? here. And I right? thought... No, I don't want to look at Lori talking about coffee. I'm not going to do anything with it. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't even tell her, and I DVR'd we're it. We're still sore that no one remembered we've been on the air yeah, for a I while. Know, we're bitter. <laughs> That's why I keep saying 19 years. Every chance I get, no. you, you guys bet. I'm no one keep, cares. No one cares. Oh, I'll start counting the days. 19 years and what was oh, it, last oh. week, Wednesday? Was yeah. it last don't, week? Count, really don't, don't count, don't count, Grant. We're really technically, Grant, we're going into our 20th year. Yeah. Right, that's so big. We're past nineteen. Yeah, so, mm. so we'll do the countdown to twenty, maybe. Please, no. It's way too early. <laughs> it's way too early. We wouldn't have the attention span for that. We'd be lucky to do it. I want to go and days. watch the Twin Cities Live. So I'm going to check out at their website to yeah. see you on well, and Elizabeth, see if you're wooden. She's so good. She's so good. She she's so good. I bet you look conversational. I was very disappointed that my hair looked so bad. Well, you but, and others. Yeah, oh, okay. people okay, so in my hair. Seriously, for the first time mm-hmm. in how many years has it been since you've washed your hair and started that? Probably 15 or 16 yeah, years. something like that. You got some negative comments on your hair. This well, has never happened in the history of us. Listen, to, to defend my hair, <laughs> okay? Because okay. mine is always I, something weird. I had it colored, blonded up last Friday, as it mm-hmm. were, and my... Lovely Jane, queen of the buttery blondes, yes. is uh, no bueno with a flat iron. And so I don't get like a great blowout from the coloring because Jane has to just grab a stylus to come over and beat my hair with a few whisks of the, right, right. the flattener. And she's no good at it. I'm no good at it. I get somebody for like two minutes. I need someone flat ironing my hair for like 20 minutes Jeez. to beat it into the sleek submission that it can be. Isn't be that something? Into. So it's just a, just a bad blowout. So my hair really, I look like a Q-tip. Okay. <laughs> uh, my hair looks like a Q-tip and it's just a shapeless but Q-tip. It's, but so it looks it's good. You know, oh, no, but no, it's no. so, but normally if I get a blowout for my girl jazz, I'm voting you know, Sharon Stone picky, pixie. Listen, we're not voting for this, but I can take any criticism that anybody has to say about my hair because I'm not going to read it. So I can just hear about it from you and go, well, I know what happened with my Q-tip. But the, it was funny. The it. person who did say a little bit about your hair went on a little lem- lengthy thing about oh, it. Oh, yeah. But Pete. then apologized. Oh, my God. <laughs> so in the comments on our yeah. Instagram post and then a couple later. People were defending. I, I'm so sorry that I it didn't mean to no no shame. I yeah. love you, love you, love, love you. you. Love Just it. you could do better, of course. You know you could do better, and even my girl Jane knows she knows it. But right. I mean, in the pandemic time, everybody's gotten two jobs, and it used to be someone else would finish your sure. hair at the salon. Mm-hmm. What what? 
You know? Yeah. I'm, I'm curious. You sometimes kept, sometimes people who, specialize in, in just color, color or okay. cut or styling. And right. now people are taking on multiple duties, things like that. Yeah, but, that's right. The but, color lady, you know, who's coloring my hair now has to try and make it look finished. And that is not her ballywick. <laughs> Only because you never get to use that word very often, and nice. I'm Lori's into the words. Taking the chance today, uh, Grant, that Ballywick. Uh, it works. It works. Okay, we'll be right back with the story we can't get enough of. Well, this is a perfect song for this topic because holy deja vu over at the View this morning. Things got messy again. Hello, deja vu, and this is like three weeks after. They had the talking to? Uh, the women were all called into the ABC News right. president's uh, office. And apparently, and the story was, at least from page six, that Meghan McCain left left the ABC News president's office in the middle of this discussion that they were having about how surly things get on the air and the snappiness and the fighting. And Meghan McCain supposedly stormed out of that meeting because she felt she was being attacked. Right. And normally it's Megan and Joy going at it. Big time. Had to had. Yeah. Today, Whoopi was caught in the line of fire. It got so bad, both women had to offer up an awkward uh, apology when they came back from the break. And it's ironic because the whole fight actually started because of a fight about apologies. Here we go. Okay. It's the press's job to speak truth to power. And just because Biden has gotten a pass so far, which he has and continues to do, it is in no one's best interest to treat him like it's state TV. And as Sarah pointed out, that is the biggest difference between us and Russia. Yes. Well, I, I, to just comment on that. Yeah. Uh, the thing that I never saw Trump do was apologize to anybody. And I will take it when you, you know, because sometimes I'm rude respect, to somebody. We're all like respect, that. I don't I just care. Want to fin- let me president. just finish what I'm saying. Well, with all due respect, I, I, I don't I'm care just, if he's apologizing. He just embarrassed himself. I don't care that you don't like care. Just hear what well, I'm saying. I don't saying. care that okay, you don't care. We're going we'll go so to go. Well, then good, Megan. Then you can be how you always are. We'll be you right back. You can be how you always are. I'm in fifth grade. No, I'm in fourth. I'm in third. No, I'm in eighth. And it was Ooh. Biden had no, apologized mean, to the CNN reporter for snapping yeah. at her or something. So that's what they were. With in. all due respect. With all due respect, I don't care that you, <laughs> right. I don't care if he's apologizing. Well, I don't care that you don't care. Well, I don't care that you don't care. We'll be so we're even. Well, good, Megan. Then you can be how you always are. Well, you can be how you always are. I, and I had to watch it twice. This is profession. These people. And I'm going to guess that on the. Commercial break, they both got a talking to from the executive producer right. of the show because when they came to kiss and make up, and when they came back, um, Megan said, I just want to, or, or Whoopi said, I, I want to apologize because I was rude. I didn't need to say what I said, and I apologize because that's not the way I want to behave at work. And she goes, Well, I apologize to Whoopi. And then Whoopi just said, Cool. And then they moved on. This is what it sounded like. I know you are, but what am I? I know you are, but what am I? I know you are, but what am I? That's what it feels like, Grant. I, I don't I don't understand at this. Here's the thing, is that everyone has the right on that show to have different opinions, and that's what makes that show interesting. But when you can't have a normal conversation anymore, it's... It's so obnoxious. It's I don't so watch bratty. it anymore. I can't. It's so I don't bratty. Like it. It's bratty. But I don't want to do it. Megan in particular 
You know what I and and she does make good points sometimes, but she, she does. She also gets very um upset. Defensive too. Yeah, yes, very defensive. Upset, very defensive. I mean her eyes were filling with tears, and then I read that she was wearing one of Lena Dunham's uh, dresses today, and I thought, well, that's one way for there to be maybe publicity about that she was wearing a Lena Dunham dress, but she was just sitting there, her eyes were just filled with tears. Now, to me, if I'm coming into work and I'm getting in a daily argument, daily argument with one of my close coworkers, which I would say when you're on the air, they're not even all together in no, studio No, they aren't, Lori. Yet. They haven't done that yet. And that every single day, to me, I would say for my like peace of mind, What's I can't role? handle the mantle of being the only conservative on this panel I don't like having to defend Donald Trump because she's not a fan of Donald Trump. But she gets very um, tunnel-visioned and gets very defensive. And she brings it up all the time. I'm the lone conservative. I'm the only conservative on this panel. And I'm like, okay, that's the way the view has always been. It's always been either... Four to one or three to two. It's not the Supreme Court. It's it's four or five ladies, and it's generally been one or two conservative. But she gets so upset. And and it loses its message in the platform. I mean, because she could be doing so much. Because I'm conservative in some ways. I really am in some ways. Have Anna Navarro on, though. Someone who can be calmer about it. Because Megan, now, I would say two or three times a week, this is a regular thing. It, it's mm-hmm. not. It's not worth it to a listener. I don't think anymore to listen to something here's, that's just so. No. Long. Yeah. Here's what some of the comments were. Um, uh, uh, um, all I have to say is, fire Megan McCain. Yeah. Let's see. This is her self fantasy that she is a badass. Um, let's see. Megan is unacceptable. Whoopi needs to pull either it's her or me. Enough of this nonsense. How can anyone talk to Whoopi this way? And uh, um, here's the thing, you know, because their ratings really, they had great ratings over the year of COVID and everything. Yeah. And I think what they do is they do bring, they talk about politics. So yes. many places don't talk about it right. anymore. Everyone goes away yes. from it anymore. Mm-hmm. And they that is their mainstay. And they have such an opportunity. And she has such an opportunity because she's smart. But but her thin skin gets yes. her thin in skin, trouble. Yeah. And that's the thing, because you lose all of her message because she's like whining, yeah, yeah. And, and and throwing it back at her like with all due I don't respect, care I don't care. Yeah. Right? She sounds like a twelve-year-old. Yeah, I know. And and that's where it all goes haywire. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's unfortunate because she does have. She is a smart woman. Mm-hmm. She does have good thoughts. You know, I mean, good. Opinions. It's, just a lot it's of interesting. No, it's just a lot of nonsense with but this. But Joy Behar, at the same time, I think is yes. another. She might be fourteen years old, but she goes at it with her too. And Joy dips as low as she goes, and it's mm-hmm. it's. So I feel like there's. It it isn't just Megan at times. Joy goes there right with her, but Megan is always in it. Yes. Okay. The consistent yes. bratty and she would believe it because is always Megan, and then yeah. somebody else, somebody yeah. else. So it isn't ever you right. don't see this with. So I I don't know what they're gonna do, but I don't know if Whoopi will do, do you that. Think but they had. I mean, but they got a phone call immediately because yeah. they so it's in their ear already. What the heck just happened? And enough. This is not. We already mm-hmm. talked about this. Like you said, though, she's got a platform and they've got good open. They've got a good place for a good discussion. 
and it gets lost in the excitement and the the name calling and the childish behavior will, that will, comes out. And I, I'll tell you, I'll equate it to tennis. Okay, you get so excited, you get the perfect bo- ball up in the air. You're just going to smash it yeah. and hit a volley, and you're so excited to hit it. You get over excited, you hit it right into the damn net. Yeah. Yes, that's what she does. Yeah, he gets so excited every time she just hits everything in the net. A rude net. A rude net. A rude I mean, net. but I mean seriously, because it's like you get so excited and you got this, and then all of a sudden, bam, bam, all always right, goes well, down. Speaking of probably bam, not the best analogy, but I, that's how I feel no, because I get, get so it. excited for my hits when I'm going to finally get a good hit, and then bam. yeah, yep. we get it. I just want to give everyone um, a DVR alert: the Andy Cohen Keeping Up with the Kardashian reunion oh, yeah. part one is tonight. Grant, I'll watch it. Okay, Are that's you? yes right. for you guys. Watch I will. It. I will. Well, we, we, I want to watch it, Andy. At least from the clips we've seen, it seems like we're going to get some uh, good stuff. But they, the Kardashians also had final edit so we'll see but anyway it's tonight on e not yes. bravo oh lori that yep. i didn't record it yeah oh no mm-hmm. right. we'll be back hey everybody it's thursday and we are so happy we have another edition of the low j book club and jennifer weiner best-selling author is with us again we've talked to her several times her latest greatest book is that summer jennifer thanks Hi, jennifer. for coming back to our show Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's so nice to talk to you guys. Uh, Absolutely. Jennifer, I don't know how you managed to write so many great books uh, year after year, but you've really done it again. And if you give people the setup of that summer, we'd sure appreciate it because the book just came out. Yeah. So that summer is the story of two women who have almost identical email addresses. One of the women is this kind of unhappily married housewife who lives on the main line of Philadelphia. She starts getting emails that are intended for a woman who is a corporate consultant and very glamorous and travels the world. So it's this sort of meet cute and the women become friends. And then we learn that this meeting was not accidental and that there's a piece of history that these women share. Uh-huh, and then some. And then some, yeah. It's <laughs> and so, then some. And the way you tell the story and how it's unfolding. And I'm curious, did you write this book in the year of the pandemic? I did, yes. Okay. Start to finish. You did? Yes. And do you think that, I mean, because obviously it's, it's influenced very much a Me Too yes. story. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering if, like, was that, like, do you think that writing in the pandemic when everything was shutting, everything was shut down and we weren't having our lives as we know it, was it easier to write this story under those circumstances or did it not make a difference? Well, no, I think it was easier because things did feel more quiet. Mm -hmm. Um, It felt like we all had a little space to contemplate, um, to maybe like take a step back. With the whole Me Too piece of it, that all felt like it was coming at us so intensely and so nonstop, you know, where like every day it would be a different guy, Mm -hmm. you know, taken down. Mm -hmm. And I was glad to have the pandemic, to have that 
time to think about it. And the other pandemic piece was just thinking about escape and thinking about pleasure and thinking about being someplace beautiful and wanting to take my readers there with me, which is why the book is set on Cape Cod and why there's so many fun beachy descriptions Mm -hmm. and there's, you know, there's food, there's romance, there's all the things that I hope you want in a beach read. Yeah, and and it is. I had to Google Truro after I was done reading the book because I was like, I got to see if this is a real place on Cape Cod. And of course, you know, Mm -hmm. it is. It's a real place. I go there every summer. It's my, my favorite place in the world. It's beautiful and isolated and it's kind of the anti Hamptons, which I like very much. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a it's a real place and I hope everyone gets to see it someday. Yeah, well you're doing for Cape Cod what uh Elin Hildebrand Ellen has done for Nantucket. Yes, I know. And Ellen and I are actually doing an event together are in you? August and I'm I'm going to Nantucket. I've never been. Oh how fun. I, I know. It's, oh, gonna, it's that, gonna be amazing. That sounds like fun. Okay, so because it wasn't your book last summer. The book, it wasn't called Last Summer. Um, no, last is, summer was Big Summer. Big and summer. this summer is That, that summer. summer. And it, next summer, there's going to be another summer book. And then I'm done with summer forever. And for then you're done with it. Okay, okay. Okay, so, you know, you kind of, I've read some different interviews that you've had. If you're just joining us, with, we're with international New York Times bestselling author, Jennifer Werner. Um, the latest novel is That Summer. And it deals with, you know, some heavy issues, um, you know, about sexual assault and things like that. And you credit your own daughters um, kind of you talk about you have a 17 year old going off to college and you wonder if you prepared her enough. And, you know, Lori and I have had a lot of different discussions around me, too. And and when the whole Mm -hmm. Brett Kavanaugh thing was going on and how we all felt like it's a miracle if you get through high school or college without being assaulted in some way. yeah, I mean, and, and it, the fact that I certainly felt that way 30 years ago mm-hmm. when I was finishing high school and leaving home, and, and just the fact that it, it hasn't changed enough, no. and it sort of makes me crazy. And, you know, as the mother of two daughters who are going to have to live in this world, I, I really would like things to improve more quickly. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, no, it, and, it's, it's true. It is true, and, and it's... And it's interesting, and one of the things, you know, from the Diana character, you know, that how it shaped her life. how changes everything. How it changed everything for this very outgoing, easygoing gal, one summer babysitting, you know, somewhere, and what happens and how that just is something that has just, you can't get over. So Yeah, and right, that was definitely that I, it was something that I wanted people to think of mm -hmm. is, the fact that both of these women, I mean, Diana, who has survived a sexual assault, and Daisy, who has just dealt with the more commonplace stuff, mm-hmm. you know, the cat calls or a boss who's a little handsy or a coworker who doesn't take you seriously, that kind of stuff. But both of their lives have been shaped by those events for for better or worse right. in ways great and small and i wanted my readers to really think about those things as as we consider what our work as women is to sort of leave things a little better than we found them for the next generation of girls mm-hmm. and you know and i was struck i think you really i it makes such a 
paint, you know, with the words and the story around Daisy, who's like, what is she, 20 or 21 when she marries uh, Hal? Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think that that's an interesting story, too, because sometimes um, younger women are influenced by like the suave, debonair man who might be 10, 11, 12 years older. But that yep. is that really going to be the person that you would pick when you're by the time you're thirty, and like right. other women might or your mom or sisters might try and kind of talk you out of doing that. But ugh, that's a hard one. You get people, yeah. people get uh, in yeah. that orgasmic haze. <laughs> <laughs> that's absolutely true. You know, and Daisy has a mother who has been widowed relatively young Mm -hmm. who thinks that she's doing her daughter a favor really by steering her toward this man thinking she will be secure she will never have the kind of financial insecurities that i've had because her husband you know was this kind of boom and bust entrepreneur where he either was doing really well or he was struggling you know she the way that she sees the world she thinks that she is setting Daisy up for success. Mm-hmm. And I do think that there's really some generational shifting that's going on with women of my generation versus women of my mother's generation mm-hmm. versus now my daughters, who I really am convinced, like, these girls are going to save us all. Yeah. Because uh, my daughters, they put up with nothing. Yeah. And they will call boys out on their on their crap. And God, I just remember being, you know, a a teenager or a tween and just wanting to be accepted and wanting everyone to like me and trying Mm -hmm. to figure out how to make that happen. And my daughters are just like, no, like, I don't care if everybody likes me or not. I am going to speak my truth. And I'm so impressed by them. I don't know where they got it. Jennifer, it is great. It is so true. It is so true about that generation and how how lucky for you. I know it because goodness. we're kind of the shoulder generation into that or something. Yeah, you know, a little big. And mm-hmm. and um, all the hard work I feel like my mom's generation did, and then we got to reap a lot of the success of it in the workplace. But not but to, we've but still we had, had a lot we had of challenges. But yeah. then this young one is they don't take any crap from anybody. It's very interesting and how and how lucky for them and this book really resonates so so the book is that summer we're talking with that woman jennifer werner that wiener 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 Wiener. okay so so i'll take anything so we so we obsess is it wiener is it wiener is it werner what is it before we have is it elin is it ellen (laughs) Hildebrand? we get so and we have a book i can answer all of these okay so i'm I'm Jennifer Weiner. Thank you. Nice to meet you. Ellen. 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 I always thought it was Elon too, but it's Ellen. I know. We've we've had her on so many times, and you we've had on, and we still, we freak out about this ahead of time. We just want you to know, and then we do it wrong. Our big deal authors, you know, people who everybody knows, and we just feel like everybody knows you, and so now people will always remember how to say your name if they're listening. Well, if if that is true, that that is a blessing you have bestowed upon me forever, because Lord knows I hear it wrong a lot so your yeah. your writing has really i mean we've been with you since in your sh- inner shoes yes. you know and you've written so many covered so many topics for women so thank you for doing i, I mean it's all do you ever worry jennifer you're going to run out of ideas or do you feel like uh, you're you've got plenty more 
I as as long as there are women in the world, I'm going to have stories to tell. Okay, good. And Mrs. Everything, <laughs> remember Mrs. Everything? That mm-hmm. was such a good book. Oh yeah. Thank oh, you, you are Thanks. such a good writer. How just... many of your books have been movies or TV shows now? Uh, so, Just in Her Shoes, Shoes. Was, has been made into a movie. Mm-hmm. However, Good in Bed, um, Mindy Kaling optioned it, and oh. she is producing it, and she's going to star. So, Excellent. I'm pretty thrilled about that. Yeah. Oh, oh my and, and That sh- was a great book, Wait. Good in Bed, and we loved In Her Shoes. And that was with Cameron Diaz, wasn't it? That was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was a good movie, mm-hmm. too. Oh, gosh. You're, you. All right. What's the last great book you read, Jennifer? Oh, my goodness. You guys are going to love this. It's okay. called A Certain Hunger. And it's by a woman named Chelsea Summers, and it is about a female cannibal. <laughs> okay, so I know you're thinking, uh, Jen, like, what are you even talking about? Right. It is, it, it's, it's amazing, um, you know, because I got to thinking how hard it is sometimes to find books that are about, like, middle-aged women and how... You know, it just sort of seems sometimes like everybody's writing about these, like, younger women and right. romance and falling in love. And, like, I want a, I want a, a seasoned woman. Like, I want somebody who's, like, figured her stuff out. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this case, this woman has just figured out that she um, loves men and will sometimes eat them. And oh, my it, gosh. You've got <laughs> okay, we have to, it came out last December. Yeah, um, so that's one I recommend. And I also just read The Plot by Jean Hanf Corlett. Um, She's the woman who wrote the, um, God, The Unknowing, I think, or The Untelling, the one that the HBO miniseries. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. The Undoing. The Undoing. Yes, 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 yes. It had the title of the book it was based on was You You Should Have Known. Yeah. And um, I loved that book. But the plot, let me tell you, I mean, I don't know if, if, the fact that I'm a writer made it resonate for me in a really special way because basically it's about this washed up kind of has been male novelist, like had a great success with his first book, can't figure out how to write a second one. He's teaching at this kind of seedy MFA program. Okay. He meets this guy who's really arrogant and a jerk. And the guy is like, I don't even need to be here. I don't need anything from any of you. I've got the story of a lifetime. And the author is just like, you know, yeah, whatever. Then the guy tells him the story and it's amazing. It's got everything. Then the guy dies without having published a word. And so, of course, what does the professor slash blocked writer do but appropriate the story, write it himself. Um, it's Steven Spielberg buys the rights. It's an Oprah pick. It's a huge bestseller. Wow. And then, and then, because you never get away with anything. Right. Bad you don't. things start to happen. Oh, that sounds good. Oh. Jean Hans right? yes, yeah. that sounds so good. We we have to we're running out of time or we are way out of time, but this was such a treat. You are really a delicious author. We just love reading your books and thank you, Jennifer. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank I you. really appreciate it. The book is Jennifer. that summer. People pick it up. It's just a great read. And we are just delighted to chat with you again and hope to talk to you when your next book comes out. Thank you for Absolutely. your time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Thank you guys. Have Bye. a great day. Yeah, thank you. Everybody, thanks for hanging out with us. Now, Julia, is this book that summer um, that where we just talked to Jennifer? Is this the one Sutton Foster is reading to? Yes. Okay, so so this is um 
and you know, Jennifer has she was first of all, how delightful was she? Oh, I, she was her. nice. How yeah, she's super. Was she? She's fun. She's, she's a big darn deal. Oh yeah, and we have had her on several other times. The one that was interesting. The good. other misses or misses everything. Remember, misses it everything. was about a mom who decides the good and bad. Oh. I mean, I, we like everything that she writes, and always. It's a there. There's there, not a type. There isn't a, a type. type. This of is novel. more thought like provoking. She's like Hildebrand yeah. in that way. There's similar writers, right? And so, um, Grant, do we have winners first names? Yes, we have. It was Elizabeth and Janelle were our two winners. All right, so here's to you guys. Congrats. Yeah. We'll be putting those in the mail to you today. It just and then the other book she talked about. Um, you know, seventy percent of readers or something high like that are women. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, it's just kind of. It's just in our wheelhouse. Who doesn't love to read? I mean... But you did not like Sutton Foster reading to you. Okay, all right. You have to bring that up. I was trying to get past it. Why? <laughs> why? why wouldn't you share this all with right, people well, to here, save them well, the audible? All right, well, here is the thing. Okay, so seriously. Um, I know Sutton Foster. I, we, I feel like we, we know, love her. She's in Younger. She was Bunheads. in Bunhead. She's, she's on Broadway. We've Broadway. never seen her on Broadway, her, her, but we'd love to. Her, like Carrie Mulligan read me a book earlier in the year. And when I talk about reading them to me, um, Grant, I don't mean, you know, I mean through um, Audible. Audiobooks. Audible. Audible. Yeah, yeah. Audible. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I pay this outrageous amount a month to get my books because it's just a way to be able to do two things at once I'm with you. read it and yep. and read it and get ready for the show but yes. so many times what's happened this year is we've had books when they come out on the opening day so they don't they're not available on audible so i've had to crunch it a little extra but so i like the combo but this is read by sutton foster and her voice is so distinctive i played it for you in the double wide yesterday laurie and sometimes i can't get past so i just want people to know Read, read the book because you had such a different feeling initially on the book than I had. And I'm like, I'm being preached to by Bunhead because the narrator that you hear in your voice, auditorily in your own ear, if, if it's not pleasing to you, you're not going to I'm care about what the characters are saying and telling you. Whereas when you're reading it. It's more imaginative. It's, it's you can pleasing. imagine the you can imagine and usually it doesn't bug me at all because yeah. I love being read. And too. you love Carrie Mel- Mulligan, Matthew McConaughey, Red Green Lights. But that too. was his memoir. Yeah, and Jennifer, you know, like um, okay. people's memoir. I like. I accept that. But this one for me was just a little bit of a disconnect because I really, I kept seeing this character. Wait, I know. Do read it, to me. It would be like you know. Um, yeah, it's like I remember when we first started on the air, and people were like, "Oh my!" Yeah, like I remember you, you. You do have terrible voices. What? Why did anyone hire you? Listen to how you sound. But even more so, imagine like you know reading for pages and pages. You know, oh, that mm-hmm. used to be awful. Lori, remember when you? I remember back in the day. When you, what? I'm not even gonna say it. All right, fine. <laughs> All right, let's, let's. I'm editing myself a little because okay. something's jump along on here. Okay, well, let's. Okay, so I don't know why James Corden decided to give us a little tease of when the Friends reunion was, you know, taped at right? Warner Brothers. He had did his version of a carpool karaoke with the Friends as he picked them up in a like a limo a stretch golf the, caddy oh i love you it you know where oh, there's sure, the yeah. long ones. several seats that they Pic- drive you around in amusement parks yeah it's picture the thing that picks you up at disneyland yeah. to get you from the parking lot yeah, up yeah, to the yeah. front of the the uh yeah 
So, and even though the Rembrandts, who uh, uh, is an American pop rock duo formed by Phil Solem and Danny Wilde in 1989, did not get a thing in the Friends reunion, the iconic song. But Lady Gaga did. Yeah, yeah. Lady Gaga <sighs> did. But here we go. They are singing carpool karaoke, okay. James Corden on lead. It's a really cute video it, to watch. He first really, picks up Lisa Kudrow and Courtney yeah. Cox, and Courtney has too much cheek filler. In. As usual, it's <laughs> super, it's super cute. It really is. Did we post this somewhere? I'm sure it's on the My Talk site today. Yeah, and it's also it looks like Joey didn't know the words to the song. If you were no, watching the he, video, yeah, he didn't. And when uh, the creators of um, Friends, they they. They were looking for a melody similar to the 87 R.E.M. song. It's the end of the world as, as we, we know, know it. it. Right. And so, which is the song that accompanied the Friends pilot when they first sent it to uh, Phil Solom and his writing okay. partner. And they were just like, uh, I don't know. And as the bandmate, they recalled that they were kind of told, well, we don't know if this song is going to work or not. And they just kind of did it. And I mean, it was... The rest it, is it was there clapping, and it was like a kind of a fluky, weird thing. It could have been in the story, but I'm glad they had the kids sing in That's the golf fun. cart. It's super cute. That's fun. Yeah. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, oh, gosh, we have got to get into something something dishy, right? It's yeah. dishy. It is dishy, Julia. Oh, gosh, it is dishy. All right, we'll be right back. This is Lori and Julia, My Talk 1071.